So welcome everyone, once again. Don't know if you can hear the honks of the cars. Yeah, they're saying hello, they're also here. So today I'd like to offer some um, further suggestions around how we can uh, deepen the es this exploration of insightful ways of looking, ways of looking that, that free, that liberate, that open. And I'm saying it's a further exploration, which it is, even though at the same time it's actually not going to be um, adding, I hope, <laughs> new content yeah it's going to be based on things that we've already spoken of and explored um, but there's going to be a kind of another possibility of how to practice with with these understandings that we've been unfolding and cultivating over the days and so i'm saying that and then i'm also going to say that if you already feel full and i know that you know for some people you already feel full you already feel like ah oh, there's um, either you know already a lot to work with or I've found you know the the, the um, kind of streak of gold that I want to uh, be continuing to dig yeah continuing to that vein of gold that that right now is um, is where I need to be exploring and practicing and if that's the case you know just remember um, everything is being recorded I'm saying that, I'm actually wondering, is this being recorded? Yes. <laughs> Everything is being recorded twice. Yeah, so I'm recording it externally and it'll also be recorded as a backup via the Zoom. Um, and so you can come back to, to this later if it feels like right now, you know, it's, it's enough. Right now you feel full. Um, and another possibility is that, yeah, for this session, you listen, you explore, you try, you practice, um, and then for the rest of the day, you carry on um, with the practices that feel appropriate, that feel helpful for you. So one kind of thing that we've been building through the retreat, one understanding or set of understandings, a way of looking at our experience and particularly how dukkha is is formed and i said it i think several times yesterday in the talk is around this relationship between dukkha between ill-being distress unease discomfort yeah any degree of um, dissatisfaction with how life is unfolding right now so dukkha arises with tanha arises with a sense of self yeah, and it rises with contraction yeah, those arise together and when I say tanha um, I think Nathan mentioned this word um, another Pali word uh, usually translated as craving yeah but it's what we've been referring to as uh, demand yeah, or as push-pull on experience yeah. so craving demanding push-pull and, and we've been using all these words interchangeably and we may continue to do so, yeah. both because uh, it can be helpful to 
um, to, to kind of be able to put it into the map of the common use of, of language in Dharma teachings, where tanha is craving, usually, um, but also because the different words that we might use can resonate uh, either with different people's experience or with kind of layers of your experience at different times. Yes, sometimes we can feel it more as the demand um, for things to be a certain way for me. Yeah. Or that just that movement of craving and how it manifests as the kind of um, the push and pull, yeah, the pulling things towards me, the pushing things away. So dukkha, tanha, and a sense of self arise together, yeah, a louder, yeah, this for me sense of self, um, and they also all arise, yeah, dukkha, tanha, sense of self arise with contraction, and we've. Yeah, we've been, that thread's been there, I think, pretty much from the beginning, maybe even from the opening talk. We can notice contraction um, in the body, and we can notice contraction in, the, in, in awareness, yeah, or in the mind. Yeah, we can uh, notice contraction in both. Yeah, so... Um, it's interesting because we have some habits of contraction, like with, with awareness, and we've been exploring in this retreat, opening awareness. Yeah, it's part of how we've been relaxing and opening. Yeah. And then we've said several times, it just naturally contracts or shri shrinks. Yeah. So that's a natural sense of contraction. We can actually can be quite helpful because we can start to, not, to be sensitive to how awareness shrinks and contracts. Um, in particular around the unpleasant. Yeah, that's already a form of habitual reactivity. When something is unpleasant, yeah. And we feel it in awareness on a subtle level. We feel it more grossly um, when, we, when we notice, you know, when there's something unpleasant, it's as if that's the only thing that's happening, right? You know this? <laughs> there's a, a discomfort somewhere in the body. It doesn't even need to be very severe. But it's as if everything else disappears, yeah? yeah. We forget that, you know, two minutes ago, things were quite still and lovely. Um, we forget that there's, you know, lovely birdsong in the background or cars honking in my case. Um, everything else disappears and all that happens, all, all that we perceive in that moment is just the unpleasant, yeah? And so why is that? Because the awareness shrinks around it, and so nothing else is kind of available to awareness. It shrinks, it contracts. And what's really helpful for us as practitioners, you know, remember we're working with the body, heart, mind, yeah, as a, as a system, yeah, is to notice contraction in the body. When there's contraction, there'll be contraction in the body. So when there's dukkha, there'll be contraction in the body. Whenever there's some demand, some push-pull on experience, there'll be contraction somewhere in the body. It can be very subtle, but it'll be in the body. And this includes, yeah, so I've spoken about an example of the unpleasant. It also includes when things are pleasant, right? Because that's when we try to grab on. We grab on, we hold on, we push towards ourselves. We try to protect. Yeah, it's all forms 
of contraction and we can feel it in, in the body. Uh, we can develop the sensitivity to feel it in the body more and more and more and more subtle levels. So today, um, so hopefully you, 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 you kind of, I've convinced you <laughs> everything I've said so far are things that, that we've already said. You know, we're just kind of repeating them and picking them from different directions. Today in the practice, what we're going to do is we're going to go to um, relaxing the contraction yeah, as a way of reducing tanha and reducing dukkha. Okay, so working directly with the contraction as a way of reducing the tanha, reducing uh, the dukkha. And again, this is, this is what actually happens in all the, the ways of looking practices and the other practices that we're doing. Yeah? Also the samadhi practices, if we're um, breathing yeah, and calming through the breath, yeah, what does that do? It also eases contraction, yeah, reduces demand on life. Yeah. When we notice, if we're doing a breath or body or sound practice and we notice the mind is moving away and we bring it back, yeah, we're doing that, that's why the emphasis on doing that with kindness, with interest, we're doing that in a way that reduces contraction and therefore reduces the tanha. But the ways we'll be, I'll be suggesting for practice today, they kind of go directly there. Yeah, directly to the contraction through the direct through the contraction to the tanha. So a little bit more about what's what's behind this practice. Or another way of seeing contraction and the relief of contraction. So when we um, when we want something, yeah, and there's something nice out there that we want, and we get it, yeah, yeah, it feels kind of nice, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, when I want a peaceful meditation or I want a blissful meditation, and I have it. It feels nice. Yeah, or I want the sun to come out, and it does. Yeah. It feels nice. What we're, um, what's interesting about this, yeah, is that um, that relief, yeah, of getting what we want or getting rid of what we don't want, yeah, rainy weather, distracted mind, pain in the body, um, that relief that we feel, we associate with getting or getting rid of the object. Okay, this is really cool now. Everyone's frozen except for Lotta's cat. That's just wonderful. <laughs> I just have to tell you, all the people are frozen but the cat isn't. Fantastic. Anyway, you're, you're unfrozen now. So, when we get what we want, yeah, or we get rid of what we don't want, there's a relief, there's a well-being, there's a happiness that comes with that, and we associate it with a thing, yeah? We associate it with, oh, that thing is here, or that thing is no longer here. 
Okay, that's the way our mind habitually uh, responds. Yeah, I'm happy because it's, um, you know, that, you know, niggle in my shoulder is, is gone now. So that's, that's the relief because, because it's no longer there. And that's our habitual way. We, we associate it with a thing. When we look more deeply, yeah, we begin to understand yeah, that what's actually operating there, the sense of relief, the sense of happiness, the sense of well-being, doesn't come from the thing. It comes from the presence or absence of tanha, of demand. Yeah? And this is the Buddha's basic teaching. Yeah? The root of suffering. What does dukkha co-arise with? Dukkha co-arises with tanha, co-arises with craving and demand in the push and pull. So the dukkha and the adukkha, the well-being, are in that uh, presence or absence of not the object, but the push and pull towards the object. Push and pull towards the object. Uh, you know, it's interesting, and again, it doesn't mean, you know, we have to be really careful here, yeah. It doesn't mean that, you know, we don't enjoy the sunshine when it comes, we don't enjoy um, a peaceful meditation when it comes. The opposite, please enjoy, yeah, please enjoy, yeah. And we also enjoy the relief when pain, when suddenly there's less pain in the body, or there's no pain in the body when there was pain. But the important thing is what we associate it with. Yeah, being clear. What's changed? And this is what this practice is rooted in and also uh, the insight that it unfolds for us, that it deepens for us. Yeah, seeing it's in the contraction of the push and pull. It's in the contraction um, of the demand and the craving that the dukkha or the freedom from dukkha lie. Yeah. And that means that we can relate to experience in ways that reduce this push-pull and then uh, make possible, make available more well-being. Reduce the sense of problematic around experience. And so you may have already had this experience in practice over the days. You know, I've certainly heard from some of you having that. You know, and sometimes, you know, with quite difficult things, you know, there may be fear arising, there may be um, physical pain arising, there may be, you know, a lot of tiredness arising. And yet there can be a sense of deep okayness with that. Yeah, it's not dependent on the thing. Yeah. Not dependent on the thing. Now, this is, you know, one of the really miraculous things about being human. That we can, we have this capacity already and we can further um, nourish it. Yeah, we can further cultivate it. We can strengthen it. Yeah. Capacity to find okayness even with the very imperfect conditions that we sometimes encounter and live with. So yeah, you may have noticed that practice has brought you sometimes even if it's for glimmers, yeah, small moments, and there's been ease 
and relief um, from craving and from contraction. Yeah, relief from needing to get rid of something or needing to get something in order to feel at ease. So a little bit about the practice. So if we have this, you know, Nathan and I have this, actually I think it's from Rob, one-liner, you know, craving is dukkha, dukkha is contraction. Yeah, something that we can keep remembering. Craving is dukkha, dukkha is contraction. Yeah. So we can work with a contraction in the body, yeah, which is mostly more accessible to us, or sometimes we can work with a more subtle contraction in the field of awareness, or sometimes we refer to that as the energy body, if you're familiar with that phrase. If not, just forget it. And we can work with that. We can see that contraction as a manifestation of dukkha. Yeah, that's one thing that we're doing with this practice. Yeah. Just recognizing that connection. And generally, the body is a more reliable place for us to work because we get less entangled than with awareness or with the mind. Yeah, but you, you will also you know, know for yourself already and learn to recognize particular thought patterns of types of thoughts or, or kind of energy of thinking that arises when contraction is there. So we can notice the contraction in the body, we can notice the contraction in awareness. And we can also notice, yeah, there's contraction, when the craving goes down, when the demand goes down, the space opens and the contraction loosens. Yeah? So that's, we've, been, we've been working with that the whole retreat, yeah? the relaxing, the opening, that's what they're about. Yeah? So when the craving fades or goes down in intensity, the space opens, awareness widens, there's more space. There's less contraction, the body widens and expands. So we can use, you know, yesterday we were using very gentle labels in the practice of Anicca or Vedana. Today, if you wish, you can use a very gentle, you're looking for the contraction when you find it, yeah, very gentle label of dukkha because of the contraction. Dukkha because of the contraction. And, and what it does is in the moment it frames things differently for us. And over time, that relationship becomes uh, more clear and more accessible. So the mind and the body, they mirror each other. Yeah? They reflect each other. So um, as, we, as the tanha relaxes and eases off, yeah. the body relaxes and opens out. Yeah. And similarly, yeah, this works both ways. If the body relaxes and opens, if the contraction relaxes and, and opens, the tanha, the demand, eases. Yeah? So the two mirror each other and this is incredibly powerful for us to explore. And we can also see that the stronger the tanha, the more demand, the stronger the contraction. Yeah. 
Yeah, stronger the tanha, the more grasping, stronger the contraction, the more dukkha, yeah, the, the louder sense of self. Yeah, all of these will, will uh, rise together. So you see that they're on a spectrum, and then when one goes down, the other goes down. Nathan sometimes uses this uh, image of it's like a mixing deck, you know, with all these levers on it, you know, but they're all connected. Yeah, so if we take down the tanha, then the contraction in the dukkha and the sense of self also goes da- go down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Equally, we take down the volume of the contraction, the others will also come down. So a couple more things, just general, before we, we, we go into the practice and I'll guide it. So, um, sometimes we might do this practice and we'll get a lot of relief. Yeah, we'll, we'll, go, we'll look for the contraction, we'll see the contraction as dukkha, we'll relax the body, we'll get a lot of relief. Um, you know, it'll be quite immediate. At other times, um, it might feel like, oh, you know, um, it's not working, you know. I seem to be relaxing the contraction in the body. I'm seeing the relationship between contraction and tanha. And it's not changing. It's not um, reducing. Um, And so this is sometimes because we might have a bit of deal-making going on in the background, you know, tinged with uh, aversion. We might actually... You know, saying, be saying to um, to the contraction, come on, you know, I'm noticing you, I'm paying attention to you, I'm inviting you to relax, you know, skedaddle, get out of here. Yeah. So there might be a little bit of a of a of a kind of aversion uh, going on. Yeah, which is, and I'm doing this with my hand, <laughs> form of pushing away, a form of demand on experience. And so uh, often the words, yeah, can be helpful. Yeah, it's more of a letting be attitude than a letting go. Yeah, so we're working in this way. Yeah, we're interested to see this relationship. We're relaxing the contraction, working with the contraction as dukkha, so that the demand is uh, reduced. Yeah, the craving goes down. But we're not putting pressure on our experience for that to happen. Yeah, so it's really always this middle way. Yeah? Always this middle way of experience, of attitude and practice. And what can really be helpful with this is um, seeing if we can weave in a meta attitude to the practice to whatever degree is, uh, is, is helpful for you. Yeah. So a sense of kindness towards yourself, a safe sense of kindness towards phenomena as well, appearances as well, including the contraction. Yeah. So sometimes, and we'll try this, um, in, the, in the meditation as well, actually what really works is a kind of welcoming towards experience. Yeah? I mean, a meta-attitude through the welcoming um, rather than fixating on contraction and then trying to relax it. So we're going to try a couple of ways of doing this practice, but metta woven in, woven into the, to the attitude as we practice is incredibly helpful. Yeah, kind of welcoming things to, um, you know, letting them arise, letting them be, and letting them go in their own time. Yeah. Just a real welcoming, open-handed approach. Okay, so let's practice. And we're going to have half an hour for this, so if um, if you need to 
uh, change position or stretch the body and then come back into the posture, then please uh, do that. And then settling into the body, into the posture. making any adjustments that need to be made. So that the body feels as supported and stable as possible. And bringing the awareness, inviting the awareness to the sensations of contact between the body and that which supports the body, the seat, the ground. Letting the awareness gather and settle with these sensations of contact. And gradually and gently expanding the awareness through more of the body your own pace and in your own way. Sometimes can be helpful to feel the awareness flowing from the points of contact through the body, gently expanding and opening. Feeling the upper part of the body unfolding, opening out and up. 
perhaps the lower part of the body settling more deeply into the support of the seat in the ground. Sense of the whole body lengthening and opening. Finding that balance between the uprightness and the lengthening of the body with the opening and the relaxation of the body. Balance between the two. As we do this, awareness spreading, expanding, widening through the body space. A wide field of awareness through the whole body. Stretching and spreading and expanding through the whole body. take a few minutes now to establish some degree of calm and gatheredness in your own way, either using the body space, the breath or sound, just as a way of gathering, collecting, calming the system.
So whatever the object of your practice, whether it's breath, body, sound, just notice the effect of different phenomena arising, the object itself, so the breathing, that feels like in the body and in awareness, and even more, what happens with distractions? When there's a distraction, what's the impact on awareness? might even just be just for a brief moment that it shrinks or contracts. So very light touch of awareness and this is partly why an open, wide awareness is so helpful. You can notice the impact of distractions on it. You can notice the impact of the object of meditation on it. We can notice the presence of tanha, of demand, of push-pull, most clearly in the contraction of the space, both of the body and of awareness. And so the invitation with this practice is, when you notice contraction, this is where suddenly distractions begin to be a delight, an opportunity to notice contraction. When you notice contraction, can you go and release that contraction directly? I'm going to offer two suggestions on how to do that. When you notice contraction, can you release it either just through the intention to let go of the phenomena that the contraction is arising in relationship to? Letting go of the sound, letting go of the contraction itself. You might use a light label here like opening or relaxing. or letting go. Just the intention to let go in relationship to that phenomena, that sound, that body sensation, that thought, whatever arises as a distraction and as a contraction. That's one way. And the other is by directly relaxing the bodily contraction or around the bodily contraction. Yeah, that accompanies the push and pull, that accompanies the tanha. So two ways that we can work here. Primarily with the object, sound, breath, body. When we notice distraction, to any degree, opening also to feel the contraction, with it or around it. Trying one of two ways to relate to the contraction. Either let go of the phenomena itself, that's distracting. You can use a light note, letting go, opening, 
relaxing, or dukkha. Or the second way, bringing awareness to the contraction and relaxing the contraction itself in the body or the area around the contraction, if that's more accessible. So this is our practice for this time. Keep repeating, easing and relaxing the relationship of tanha. Relaxing the contraction whenever you notice it. Feel any relief that arises. What is the experience of dukkha in the body, of tanha in the body? What's the experience of some release of it? Any pleasantness that arises, linger with it, absorb it in, for as long as it's there, bathe in it, drink it in, enjoy it. Any pleasantness that arises from the practice, from the relaxation of contraction, from the relief of the tanha. Let's practice in this way.
just noticing in this moment any contraction in the body or in the space of awareness interest and kindness any distraction any hindrance an opportunity feeling the contraction inviting the body to relax then the contraction and around the contraction to relax to open to loosen feeling any relief that arises with that even if it's small or if you're working in the other way noticing contraction bringing in the intention to let go to open that hand that's holding on or pushing away Letting go, opening, relaxing. As we practice as much as possible, the body open wide, awareness wide and open in the body. any tension that you notice or contraction anywhere in the body field or in awareness bringing some letting go some relaxing easing loosening to that area or around that area noticing any relief any release any well-being that arises as you practice and spending time with it, allowing it, letting it fill your being Also, as you practice, noticing any impact on the sense of me and mine, and the loudness and prominence of the sense of self. And the connection between the demand for myself and the degree of dukkha in experience.
opening awareness wide. Opening, widening, relaxing, expanding the space of awareness in the body. Or with sound, if you're using sound. And for the last part of the practice, keep awareness wide in the body, or with sound. We're going to tune in to welcoming phenomena that arises, particularly the object of our practice. So we're working with sound, we're receiving sound into awareness, welcoming it. Working with the breath, we're receiving and welcoming, allowing the breathing. And from there, opening out even more, just to be a field of receptivity and welcoming towards sound, towards body sensations. Just welcoming, not looking for contraction, for tanha, but emphasizing this welcoming and receptivity within a wide and spacious awareness. And sometimes we can use a light noting, welcoming, opening, allowing, as we do this. Here too, Noticing any relief, release, well-being that arise as you practice in this way. All phenomena welcome to arise and to pass. Letting it come. Letting it be. letting it go, whatever arises.
So I'd just like to summarize the ways that um, were offered in the guided practice and to encourage you to probably choose to work with one of them uh, rather than like we just did now with all of them in one sitting. So one way is, um, you know, just do using, you actually doing your usual practice, yeah, like calming, gathering with an object of meditation. And you're noticing um, when there's distraction, yeah, noticing when there's distraction and you're um, inviting this intention of letting go. You're noticing the distraction, you're noticing the contraction and a light label can be helpful. Welcoming, opening, allowing, relaxing, letting go. Yeah, that's one way. The second way is uh, working with the body primarily and a relaxing of the body. So I actually start with that, yeah, the opening of awareness through the body and kind of the emphasis on the opening and the relaxing. And whenever we notice contraction, which can also be with distraction, that would be an easy place to notice, um, then we uh, relax that contraction. Either we invite it to relax directly or we relax the body around it. Yeah. Two ways of doing that. And the third way of practicing is with a wide awareness, again, wide awareness, spread, yeah, open. And then not necessarily looking for contraction, but just having an open awareness and a welcoming attitude towards whatever arises, yeah, in experience, yeah, sound, sensations, thoughts, emotions. Just a welcoming kind of attitude and see what works. Yeah, if you get lost to a degree that feels unhelpful, then come back to something that feels um, more um, accessible right now. But I think between those three, everyone should find one way that, that's fruitful for you. And I had something else to say, but I can't remember that. Um, the walking, yeah, uh, how to bring this uh, into into the walking practice. So very much in a similar way, yeah. We can use any of those in the walking practice. Any of these three ways of practicing in the walking practice as well. Yeah, just having a sense of uh, when distraction arises and the kind of grabbing onto phenomena, seeing if we can let go, intention of letting go. Yeah. Often it's open hand, things can land and fly off. Now land and fly off. Just letting go, we're not clenching, we're not holding on. Um, or just this intention of widening awareness, relaxing, opening. Yeah. Relaxing contraction when we notice it. Yeah. When there's contraction, we relax. We can really feel it sometimes in movement, in walking. And the last one, just that sense of welcoming. And sometimes it can be skillful also with the sitting. That's what I wanted to say. Not to open to the whole range with this one. Yeah, but just decide, okay, I'm just going to open to the realm of sound. I'm going to open to the realm of sensation. Yeah, and welcome all the phenomena that arise in that realm. Uh, and in the walking, it can also be very powerful with sound. You can include course the sensations of the body um, and when you stop at the end of the path you can also include the sight 
Yeah, bring up your gaze, take in more visual, include that, and then, um, and then drop the visual, come back to the walking and the sensations and the sound. Yeah, so you can play with that. Um, but yeah, with this third option, really emphasizing the welcoming, opening and allowing quality in awareness. And with all of them, yeah, any of these practices, if there's any well-being that comes, yeah, stay there. Yeah? Enjoy it, absorb it, digest it. Okay, that's how we absorb insights, is by spending time with, with any well-being that arises. Okay, so that's what I um, wanted to explore with you this morning. So we'll open for some uh, questions in, in just a short couple of minutes for anyone who wishes to stay and ask anything, share anything, reflect on anything, or just listen to the questions and the responses. Um, for others, it's time for some walking. And um, yeah, let's just uh, take a... And then we'll flow in with the usual schedule for the rest of the day. So let's just take a, a minute or two for those who need for a little brief comfort break. And we'll come back to the, to the hall for questions. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.